Hi, welcome back to another episode. This week, I have my neighbor and very good friend, Holly Lynch. She is an LA native actor, model, photographer, and adventurer. And I really mean that when I say that. She started her modeling career at 16 years old, and by 18, she was on her very first plane ride to Tokyo. This episode is all about resilience and adaptability, two things that I would say Holly has mastered. Enjoy. Welcome to The Unplugged Creative, a podcast that explores the weird, wild, and wonderful things creatives go through to do what they love. I'm your host, Arielle Zadok, and this is the place to be reminded that wherever you are, you're exactly where you're meant to be. We're here, so hey, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, so... I feel like I don't even know where to start with you because you're my neighbor. So there's like so right. many things that we could talk about that <laughs> so are probably things. not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy times, crazy times. It is. Yeah. And um, I mean, you're definitely no stranger to that. You are LA born and raised and you have had a lifelong career similar to myself in freelancing and kind of doing your own thing. So why don't we start yeah. off by kind of talking about that? Ooh, well, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, people think because I was born in Los Angeles, literally 20 minutes away from Hollywood, that this was my life. And like, of course, I've been modeling and acting since I was a kid and it had to have been part of my dream. There isn't one creative person in my family. We're all like blue collar. Like there is, I couldn't feel more far apart from LA and the scene than I did when I was younger. So when I've had a couple teachers when I was younger and just everyone on the streets would be like, your daughter's so pretty, she should model. And I just wasn't very good in school. And my mom has bipolar. So that was like a huge part of my life. And there was just sort of nothing else to do. It didn't seem like I was going to go to college. There was no money there to do that. So I just decided to hop on the modeling train once I was able to, and my parents were kind of okay with it because they were against me being in the business. My mom was attacked when she was younger, doing a modeling job. So she obviously had a bad taste in her mouth. So I think I started around 16, started modeling and got with a huge agency at that time, which was elite. And then my career just kind of went from there. And basically I skipped the last year of high school, did the home study program and was living in Asia by 18 while everyone else was still finishing six months of high school left. That is dope. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. I'm like, I guess this is college. And I mean, listen, it was a great opportunity. And the business has completely changed since then. I mean, there's really not a lot of money in it as much as there was before. You got, you know, social media came up and kind of destroyed the game. Oh, yeah. Um, When it, yeah, I mean, you know, all the modeling agents are also suffering, but I'm still in the business. I've, I've been modeling for 23 years now. It's been a really long time. I've, I've, you know, I've went through some agencies and I'm with LA models now and brand models down in um, Orange County. And I've got a Vegas agency as well, Envy, and I'm still doing it. I'm still around somehow managing to, to stay active in that career. I'm not doing the traveling as much as I did before. I did three or four years in Asia. Then I went in Milan and I did a year there. I also was in Australia for about a year. And bounced around through different parts of the states working, but um, now I'm full time LA doing the acting thing, and I'm also a photographer now. So I turned my um, 
my in front of the camera to skills behind the camera. So now I'm doing both, which I think has helped me um, in my vision and the the photos that I create. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. Like you've been on the other side of the camera your entire career. You've seen the good people. You've seen the bad people. You've probably been through every type of headshot you could possibly have. Oh, so yeah. who better to execute and direct these things than someone like you that's actually been through it. And you see, you've seen what works and what doesn't work as well, which is a, a really, yeah. um, it's just such a high advantage because most photographers don't actually get to see the end results. They're just getting told what right. to do by agents and whatever, but you've actually seen the whole process beginning to end from all sides at this point. Yeah. And I think what I'm, my specialty is, is making the person feel so comfortable. It's like you're shooting with a pal, like a friend. I feel like most headshot photographers, you know, you spend your 800, whatever crazy dollars to do it. And you're super stiff because, you know, you're so scared that you have to get these right. And, and I'm just so relaxed because I'm also an artist on the other side. So I am them technically. Not even so, technically. You are them. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no technicality. You yeah. can do both. <laughs> I am. So we kind of just have fun with it. And I, you know, I, I go, Hey, would you like something to drink? You know, what kind of music do you like? And we just play around. And since it's digital, when I first started, it was taking Polaroids first to check the light. And it's just, you never know what you're going to get. This is like you, the clients can see right away if they like what, how they look. And I don't mind changing wardrobe if it doesn't work or backgrounds. Like I only, I basically just try to shoot a client a day. So I have, I, I give them my full attention and my time. They don't feel rushed. And that also transfers into great headshots. Everyone is relaxed and we have a really good time. And at the end of the day, my, my favorite thing is there's a lot of actors, models. I mean, I don't even shoot just actors and models. I'm professionals of all types. Um, I even shoot people just for They've never had their picture taken and want nicer pictures for their profiles, for their LinkedIn or Facebook or whatnot. And a lot of them don't feel that confident or think that they're that beautiful. And I feel like I kind of capture whatever it is that they're about, their character, their their beauty, whatever that is, is in essence there. And they're so happy with the photos. And I've had people cry on set. I've had people hug me. It's It's a really rewarding feeling that I wasn't expecting when I started it. Yeah, it's a really life-changing thing, I think, for some people when they can finally feel like they're seen and yeah. finally feel like, yeah, I mean, just that confidence, just feeling good in front of the camera comes really hard for, I would say, most people. I don't, I don't know that all people actually feel all that comfortable in front of the camera. So to be able to give someone the confidence and then they actually have the result from that and they can look back yeah. at this moment and be like... I felt so good. And this looks, I can't believe that's me. Like I've had that with photos done yes, before. Where I'm like, can't I believe it's me. Yeah. yeah. And like, totally. I looked at every single one. It was my ex that shot them and my good friend that did my makeup and hair. But like looking at every single one, I was like, I literally do not believe that this is me. This is insane. Like, Yay, how did you guys take these that. photos? <laughs> but that's and, really what happens. Yeah. And it's such a gift for people that aren't used to that or have had a lot of struggle with that. I do. Yeah. A lot of, most people don't need photos or don't want to actually take them because of that. They just think that you have to be a model or an actor to be in front of a camera, but that's technically not true. I think everyone needs a portrait or a photo. I mean, you got people that have families, like let's get together and take photos of you and your family. And you know, even those ones are like, Oh man, I just didn't think I would look that good. I just feel like there's beauty in everybody, but you know, because of the city and the business we live in, it's very hard for people to actually feel that way. Yeah, you know, because they feel like there's so much competition, or I have to look a certain way. And it's just, ugh. that's why I actually did a, um, a photo series called just me. And it was basically women without any makeup. 
and making them feel confident in that. And that to me was just like, that was so cool. Yeah, that was a really powerful project. What was one of the biggest maybe learnings that you had from that or just the biggest one of the biggest takeaways from that experience from really allowing women to just show up as truly their full and natural selves and capturing that essence well the biggest lesson i guess is that i i thought more people would be not concerned with that and they would just show up and be like yo because everyone's really confident i feel like especially models or actors whoever but i would say only like two people were like yeah i'm cool with it everyone else was like i can't believe i'm doing this oh my God, I'm not even wearing my lashes or whatever it was. Like, I feel like we all, no matter how we looked, I'm talking like I shot like beautiful models to like moms to, 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 to every the everyday people. I, I shot like 35 people and we all had the same thing in common. And I feel like this, after the photos, everyone was so empowered by it. It, it just made me think that like, man, I got to do more things like this. That made a difference for a lot of people and I want to get that word out. So the takeaway for me is that... <laughs> We all have a little bit more power than we think we do. And I didn't think I had that kind of ability to kind of bring those things out and, and have those conversations started just because of something I'm doing or my thoughts or my, I don't know. It was just really, really cool. And I can't wait to do another one. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. To, to have the ability to show somebody else their own power. That's yeah. really, really powerful. Yeah. That, hey, that's a good way to put it. That's exactly. And that's why like, it's just me, like, this is who I am, you know, and most people I feel like kind of cover a little bit and it's not necessarily with makeup, but that's one of the the layers. And I just stripped every layer and now, and it was more than just makeup when I had them on camera. And I also took a little 30 second little video of like what this meant to them to do. And that was also very powerful. So I, I feel like I'm going to do it again in the future. And I also want to do one called flawless. And that would be anything. It could be someone who has a mental illness, someone who has a scar, someone who, you know, yeah. all those things. So I'll continue to do the projects because I feel like those aren't only rewarding for me, but for everybody. Yeah, they definitely yeah. have an impact. And there's something that's just so vulnerable about not having that makeup on. Even if you don't yeah. wear that much makeup, I don't wear that much makeup at all. Maybe if if I'm like super minimal, I'll just do mascara and then yeah, the basic, just the super basic, just mascara will make me feel better. But yeah. when I don't have it, I feel like a, not a different person, but it is definitely a different image and I don't like it. <laughs> not that I don't like it, but I don't like it as much. Well, um, no one wants to like run into their ex or something without any, because then how do you feel then? It's kind of like that feeling. So if yeah. you're putting a camera on someone's face with yeah. lights in their face and that's how you're getting your picture taken, that's like, whoa. It's super you know? naked. It's super yeah. vulnerable. But to be able to work through that and see your own beauty through that vulnerability is like, that's powerful. It was so cool. It was really, and that was my first uh, photo project doing that because obviously work has, uh, it's hard to explain because I do so many things. I mean, I do the acting thing, I do the modeling thing and the photography thing, but work has completely changed over the last, you know, five years for me just financially, you know, because of the whole social media takeover, then you have diversity, which came in, which is amazing. But for someone like me, they're like, Oh, you're in your thirties and you're white. We don't need you anymore. That's how it was for a little bit while there. Mm -hmm. So I turned to photography and turned to something else creative that would make me feel like I'm contributing or doing something in the creative field. And that was it. And I've learned so much through starting this. And I, I did it for financial reasons in the beginning. I've always loved photography, but it kind of turned into a hobby slash side business slash like something that's changed my life and other people's. And so I'm like, wow, this is a pretty powerful tool I have here. 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. The camera is a really, really powerful tool and, and truth teller and power giver, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to say. There, There's like a word that I have in my head that I can't quite articulate, but there's a lot of power that comes with a camera for sure. Mm-hmm. Photo, photo journalist. If I had to have another life other than the life I have now, like in a career, in a different field, I would like to be a photojournalist. I mean, can you imagine right now while this virus stuff is happening, like the pictures, it would be like people in grocery stores walking around with masks yeah. and you know, streets are empty of Hollywood. It's, I've lived here my whole life and I've never seen it like this on any day or time. It's it's quite crazy what's it, going on right now. Absolutely. And you've been staying at your boyfriend's house, so you're not here right now. But yeah. we're hearing birds. I hear birds all night, which just means that they're confused because we never heard birds before. And I looked it up. Oh, and wow. It's not necessarily that all of a sudden we have this new species. It's that the birds that are here are confused, which makes sense because normally we have like choppers cars, up in the yeah. air and there's cars and there are people. Like there's just so much going on because it's Hollywood. So there's just a ton going on. And And I think this started, I want to say about a week ago, maybe a little bit less, or Mm. I noticed it a a few days ago, at least four days ago. And it's, it's really disheartening. I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird to be going to sleep well, and, the, and be kept yeah. up by birds. <laughs> Hear those birds. I mean, usually mockingbirds go at night too, right? But like, I feel like it's also the the air is just so clean that wildlife is like, oh, let's we can play outside a little more. I, I don't know. I, I I do know what you say because I do stop by my place um, to get things or just you know to meditate or whatever. But it's been yeah, it's kind of wild right now. What's happening out there? Yeah, just walking down the street and just things that have never been so quiet, have been consistently quiet for probably two weeks now. Definitely since shelter in place, everything got a lot quieter. But I would say even more so in the last week that everything is really, really just, it's almost a stillness that's around. Yeah, well, even I would feel like the homeless would be a little bit more active, but I haven't even been seeing them around. Yeah. Not yeah. in our area, at least. But I think they shut down Runyon and all the, the you know, they did. the trails near us. So, yeah, it's just it's so quiet. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely getting pretty eerie, but it's also beautiful at the same time because the air is really fresh and you can hear birds. I'm hearing crickets at night. It's oh, like, whoa. yeah, like just this <laughs> crazy stuff that I'm like, D- what do I still live in the middle of a city? I don't, this is great. I'm, I'm, I mean, not the reason or anything like that, but I'm just fully embracing these quiet streets and just trying to take in as much of this as I can because whenever we do come back to life it's going to be crazy busy again yeah. and it's there's going to be people and it's going to be loud and it's going to be all these things so I'm really just trying to take these moments and appreciate the stillness that is our neighborhood right now which we will mm-hmm. never ever ever again see which I hope we never again <laughs> nope. see because of why it's going on yeah. but I feel like we just have to kind of embrace the environment yeah. taking a break man and just correcting itself a little bit. I hear that around people saying that. And I I kind of agree with that. Yeah. So you started when you were 16. And this was a while ago. So we were not as empowered as we are today. True story. What was that like being a 16 year old girl from a family that's not creative at all, all of a sudden (laughs) doing this wild stuff? Sometimes I wonder how it even came about, like how it just happened. I mean, I went to, the funny thing is I went to like eight agencies, I'd say modeling agency, and I left the biggest one for last and every single agency turned me down. You're too commercial, you're too short, you're too this. And the last agency turned me down. You would think I would probably give up after a certain amount of time. But to me, the the modeling, I wanted to do it because I would see like, do you remember old school, like MTV, when you'd see like style 
they had those like party style things and they'd uh, have yeah. like runway shows and stuff mm-hmm. with Cindy yeah. Crawford. Well, they were always like in different parts of the country. I'm like, whoa, they're in Paris and that, that girl's my age. Like I always just thought that was so amazing that that's their job and they got to do the traveling. So it was more or less, I wanted to do that. And you know, my mom being sick, my focus was mainly in family and I just didn't have anything going on. So for me, I just felt like this is my chance. This is my, something I think I can do and I I can, I can probably succeed at this if I continue to just go for it. And it just opened up. So I think it was just the motivation to, to make something of myself when I didn't have really any other options. So I just kind of looked at it like that. Like I, this was, this is it like you need to do this. And I think it was also, you know, not to say anything horrible about my family life, because it was still amazing. But I just I also saw a way out. I saw a way to to like travel and, and, and be out of that environment and be on my own and make my own money and do my own thing. So I mean, I was out at 17. It's that's a pretty young age. Yeah, that's really young. out. Yeah. I mean, I landed in Tokyo for the first time and looked around. I had never even flown in a plane, I don't think at that point. And I was like, whoa, I started crying. I called my mom. She's like, come home. It's fine. You can come home. Of course she did. (laughs) I'm like, no, I think I'm going to stick this out. And I ended up just started. It just, I just worked from the minute to the end and it just, I'm, you know, it's crazy. I mean, the times have changed. Work has changed. And obviously right now as a freelancer, everything I'm not working at all. So that's been quite a struggle and very interesting. But um, yeah, starting starting at that age, I mean, I can't even imagine because my brother has a kid who's about to turn 18. And he's kind of like, <laughs> nowhere near leaving the house or wanting a job or have any aspirations. So I'm like, wow, at that age, I, I, I was doing that. It was, it's quite impressive, you know, and it for sounds, me. Yeah, it sounds like you were really mature for your age as well. I mean, 16 is a baby. If you now that we're totally. adults, and you look back, you're like, wow, that's a baby. But obviously, we we have our own maturity levels at that age. But I imagine that having a mother with bipolar also really made you grow up quick and mature quick mm-hmm. and deal with very heavy stuff at an early age. So do yeah. you do you remember when you started to become aware of what was going on or was it just kind of always a part of your existence that you don't know when you became aware? I think like nine is when I started to, my mom, you know, it's, it's, she had it really bad. So it was like the alcoholism, the suicidal tendencies and all the craziness that went around that with our family. And I just realized, whoa, I got to step this up because I also have one brother who's two years younger than me. And he would, you know, took it as like very angry, but I took it as like, my mom is just, it's not her. Like you can look in someone's eyes if you know them well enough and go, that person's just checked out. And that's my, you know, we always knew how to see if she wasn't right or what was happening wasn't right. And yeah, I grew up really fast, you know, because everything that people were talking about in school, boys, nails, hair, I was like, dude, my mom's in the hospital at the lockdown facility, you know, at some mental institution right now. It's like I had other things on my mind. So I think that maturity helped me grow up and be who I am today and have that drive and motivation to to be out of the house that early for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have needed that escape for sure because yeah. you can only have so much of a childhood when you have mental illness and when you have things going on like that because it's just you just have to deal with what's in front of you and it's nobody's fault or anything like that it's just you know natural and health and all those things but it does for sure force you to have such a different experience than someone like me like I didn't grow up with anything like that so it's it's just much a much different experience yeah how was your dad through all of that would you guys have 
like side, not side meetings. I don't know how to say this, but like what, <laughs> well, yeah, what like was a, that like? Yeah. Like a little conversation to like, tell us what was up. I mean, I think he was struggling just as much as we were, but obviously 10 times more because we didn't understand what he was going through. But I mean, I can't, I mean, I've had conversations with him now as an adult, like what he went through then and how my mom was in the progression. Like my dad is, they call him like the pastor, I guess, in our mm-hmm. family. Like he's just known as like this angel that came out of heaven just to be with my mom and to like take her through this journey and be by her side. Like I can't, oh, just thinking about it tears me out because he's like the most amazing man I've ever met. And to be with my mom, like most people would have left and I can't even get into everything that's ever happened because it's so much, but the fact that he's still there and like, it's, it's wild, man. He's a, he's, he was always a great dad to us. We never wanted for nothing. And we always knew what was going on with my mom to the you know, the most that he can explain to like a nine and a seven year old when it started happening. But, um, they're still married. I think they're, it's 46 years. They were just over here having lunch with us playing games. It's like, they're still like, you know, amazing. It's, it's inspiring to feel that way. Cause you know, obviously when living in Hollywood, most people's families are broken up Mm -hmm. divorces three, I mean, three, four times. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, mine too, I grew up in New York and I don't know if it's a, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a New York LA thing, but for sure, my parents have been together for, I don't know, 40 some odd years since 76. I don't do quick math, but they got married in 76. So, you know, they've been together for 40 some odd years and that is pretty much unheard of. I mean, not unheard of, but you know, I can go into relationship stuff for hours and hours and hours, but still. (laughs) That's another conversation. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Which I'm always down for. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a rare thing to find, which is reasonable. And I'm, I'm trying not to go down the relationship path because like we expect (laughs) this monogamy thing to be forever and ever and ever. And for most people, it just doesn't work that way. And there's a lot of blame and shame and guilt and all these things. But still, when two humans can find themselves in a partnership that works for such a long time, it is a really, it's a lovely thing just to have the support and partnership. Forget about romance and sex and all of that, but just to have somebody in your corner to experience life with. And, And your dad is so strong because it's really hard to stay in situations like that well through sickness and in health right that's Mm -hmm. what we promise yeah some people people do it most people don't (laughs) exactly i mean surprisingly you know my boyfriend his parents are still together as well but he he also has two step brother and sister from a so his dad was married before Mm, okay so that's pretty common too but you know they've been together for i don't know how 40 years probably too Wow. Obviously Todd's 40. So yeah. So 40. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I feel like I know a lot of the kids that were from the first marriage and I don't know a lot of people that are the kids from the second marriage that lasted. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. I don't, I've never it's even thought good. about that before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. They've been together the same amount of time, but like he had a whole other relationship and other kids. I'm like, whoa, but his parents are also 70 or no, I'm sorry, 80. And my, my parents are early sixties. So yeah huge age difference there. My parents are young, you know, they got married when they were young. Yeah. I, I, my parents had me when they were older. Oh, my mom was 36. So she was my age when she had me. And oh, wow. It's, yeah. It's funny. Cause growing up, I always thought that she was so old and what I thought I <laughs> we wanted always kids, do. right? I know. Well, she was the old mom. Like, I mean, she's not old by any means, but like she was the old mom and I had the right. old mom and she was also like very prudish or whatever. So like she, could have been the old mom and been like real chill and real cool, but she wasn't. <laughs> so 
she was Dang. just like she had like the double whammy and I love her and I'm I'm happy that she was the way she was it's probably why I'm not crazy but my sister my sister and I are we're we're wild and wonderful and open and all these things so um, what's the age difference between you and your sister she is 13 and a half and oh, wow. uh, yeah 13 and a half years older than me so there's there's quite an age gap there for yeah, sure yeah and now I guess thinking of myself at 36 it's weird coming up to 36 and being like oh this is when my mom had me and I thought that was old and like there's no way in hell I'm having a kid (laughs) yeah I mean I'm 40 now and my mom was 21 when she had me so wild yeah I would have like a 20 year old right now my I mean my brother had kids young he had kids when he was 21 so my brother has you know a 17 year old and a I think a 15 year old and a 13 something around there wow it's crazy yeah But I think, you know, some people are on that life and other people have other lives to live first or instead of or whatever. But it's um, it's a big decision. It's kind of huge. Life takes you down some crazy, crazy paths. I'll tell you that. I've had like 15 lives, I feel. But obviously, you don't think when you're younger, like, oh, I'm not going to be married and have kids. But when I'm 40, like that to me, I would have been so shocked, like what the hell happened? But now when you're here, I'm like, well, I traveled the world for many years and lived abroad. I've had a pretty successful modeling career and I've had, you know, some good times with the acting as well. And I've lived places doing that, you know, and now I am where I am doing this whole photography thing came about and I have a business. It's just weird. I mean, hey, still, it's still unpredictable. Who knows what can happen after this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly the time that we're living in now that we don't know anything. I mean, as freelancers, I feel like we usually don't know what's going to happen a week from now. But as a world right now, globally, we don't know what's going to happen in three days from now or a week from now, let alone a month from now. Like, yeah, we know the lockdown is, is on until the end of April, but... Bodies are still piling up. Yeah. People are still getting sick. It's still spreading. It's like, it's, this is crazy. I never, I mean, you see the movies, Contagion, mm-hmm. Outbreak. You're like, this is never going to happen during your time. This is crazy. Yeah. Which by the way, Outbreak, Outbreak. has been trending on uh, <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> of course it has. Contagion too, right? Or yeah. is that not a Netflix? No, yeah, I think I saw that one as well. Yeah. People are Ugh. just like eating this shit up right now. It's like, is it is living through it not enough? I mean, just put it on, put it on the news. That's exactly. The well, thing. then you got 12 monkeys too. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. And then they have a series. It's kind of like where they send that kid, that guy back in time to like stop that virus from happening. Yeah. So that's a whole, yeah. I mean, obviously there's so many movies and stories about this because it is crazy like what would happen like I watched the news the other day and I saw that people on Melrose that's where like a lot of shopping is there's a lot of high-end shopping on Melrose Place people are taking all their inventory out of the stores and boarding up the windows because they're afraid of looters yeah like that's where we're kind of getting to because obviously if everyone's inside no one's outside seeing people break in yeah exactly wow which is crazy and honestly I mean it's gonna probably get to that point I mean I don't want to say that it's going to get to that point but realistically we've seen some things similar to this before and we know how humans act and react in moments of desperation financially so it's not really that out of the realm for shop owners to want to protect their inventory and protect their stores because it's not too far off from the reality of what could happen, which I didn't even think about that, but that makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, it's it all makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my my guy's got a nice place and he's like, I, you know, I'd be afraid that people would start hitting the houses. Yeah, but they would you know, know that everyone is home, so. I think so too, but I that wouldn't like stop somebody from yeah. coming in and robbing some people. I mean, you never know. I just, I think the police, because some of the police, you know, obviously everyone in every field is sick, so there's mm-hmm. like, 
cops that are down. There's all their securities down. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's so many things that we're not even thinking about that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's people stuck on cruise ships still. Yeah. That's crazy. There's I like mean, 6,000 people ugh. still on cruise ships, right? Something Can you like that? imagine you got to run out of food and, uh, and just being stuck with all those individuals. That would be a freaking nightmare. Look, I don't want to ever go on a cruise to begin with <laughs> one week on a ship where I can't make the rules and I can't come and go as I please. That <sighs> is like a nightmare for me. My parents love cruises. My dad wants me to go on a cruise uh, with them so bad. And I'm like, once in your lifetime, I'll do it. But like, I'm not going to be happy try it about once. it. <laughs> I might do the Catalina wine mixer at one right? point just to say. I can did that. Isn't that a boat cruise too? Yeah, I'm in. That's a ferry. I'm in for that. Ferries are <laughs> let's great. Let's do it. Five let's, hours. It. let's do it. When this is over, we're going to Catalina fucking wine mixer or whatever that is. <laughs> Step Brothers. So oh down. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just like, it's, um, I've been thinking a lot about how those of us who work in the entertainment industry as freelancers, how used to our new normal we are, how anything for a week we're like cool this is our new normal and then it changes and then we're in something else for a month and we're like cool this is our new normal and so it's been an easy transition I guess I don't know I've just been like okay cool this is our normal right now and then I was just well, thinking yeah. about when well, I we're was not working at an agency yeah well we're not supporting families either in like getting a nine-to-five yeah. paycheck so for us we're kind of like oh, okay this sucks we're not going to get these I mean all of my client clients canceled yeah. Like every single one of my clients canceled. Luckily, I have some deposits that, that they already paid that are non-refundable. So obviously, we'll shoot in the future. But mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, no one's booking photo shoots right now. I'm throwing out a bunch of sales. So that's been bringing in the money like pay now and we'll shoot when it's safe deals. So I've been getting some money from that. But yeah, it sucks to have like nothing coming in at all. But at this point, it, the whole world is like that. So I'm just so like you said, I'm used to the, the panic and the Oh, hope I get all the money I need, you know, for this and that. So I'm kind of used to the living on the edge kind yeah. of thing as a freelancer, which is pretty shitty, I guess, to say that, but that it's just the truth. I mean, obviously I feel like this has already happened to me in a different way when the modeling, the money started becoming less and less. So, it, you know, I'm talking like big companies, Sprint, T-Mobile, Best Buy, whatever you can think of, they started paying models less. And then, you know, the commercial work went to non-union work, yeah. which I can't do because I've been in, a member of SAG since 2001. So I immediately stopped going out before that. So like, I feel like the whole wave of, of work not coming in and, and the rates being smaller has already happened to me. So I've already braced for like this sort of thing, if I guess if that's a thing a couple of years ago. So this is like, I'm not freaking out about it because I feel like everyone's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um So I know it'll pick up when it picks up. And what I've realized the most, especially being in this business, is that one, you have to have a hard skin. It has to be thick. It has to be hard. You got to be prepared for rejection and be cool with that and know that things will pick up and, you know, the projects will come when they come. And also, I I don't even know. You just have to be prepared. Like I've been in this business for so long that to me, this is all kind of the norm for me. Yeah, you know, it's like the ebb and flow. I remember when I was oh. living in New Zealand and I was in between my visa and my residency and I couldn't work for three months. And thank God I just got off of working on Spartacus. So I had money. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just kind of like it's I'm remembering all those times now that I as freelancers, we've gone months without work. And oh, yeah. 
I almost want to say in some cases, the percentage of time you've spent not working in your career versus working in your career is probably higher. I don't know. Oh yeah. You know, that's why it's kind of funny. The thing of an actor, like how can you still chase that when you have like one week on set and you're like, yes, you kind of live off those fumes mm. till the next one, which might not even be six months from then. So that's why a lot of people, I think in the acting world, you either stick it out or you just you go back to wherever you came from or you just do something else, which most people do. If you talk to most people like me, photographers, you know, people that do what you do, they're all also were actors or they do it on the side, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to have more than just that to one, survive and two, keep your damn sanity. Yeah. And especially <laughs> and now still the way be the in the creative are. field. Oh yeah. You yeah. can do everything. You can do a little bit of everything out here. That's what I love about Los Angeles. It's like, there's just so many opportunities to do so many things. As much as I love the social media thing, I just think that just destroyed so many things. Ugh, Instagram models, like influencers, are you joking? It's like they, it's oh, annoying. A lot, of, yeah. Well, because a lot of models, you know, they take these shit jobs with shit rates and they're not even protected by their agencies or, you know, they're not signing usage agreements. They don't even know what they are. It's like, you guys, it's so unprofessional and you're taking less money. If everyone just stopped doing it and that these companies had to pay what we're actually worth and go through agencies, it would be back to the way it was. But now it's like, oh, why would I go through an agency and, and get this model for 1500 when I can get this Instagram model for 150 bucks and she'll promote me with her 100K followers? It's yeah, like it's social capital. They're using their uh, followers to get that's that's a marketing device. And it's to uh, the marketer's credits, I get it and it makes sense course. and it is strategic and it is smart. That's absolutely very smart. Mm -hmm. However, it still comes into the whole undercutting conversation because it's the same thing with crew when you're doing non-union and people do jobs for very, very low. I've produced jobs where I've needed to give people reduced rates, but they're still reasonable for the amount of work that we're doing right. and what the project is. And I'm very upfront about everything and I'm very transparent about everything. So I try to come at it as fair as possible and I won't go under certain numbers because I'm just not ever going to be that person. But there are a lot of producers out there that will do jobs for like- So many. So like just tiny so money. So cheap. And then oh. other people like crew will be like, yeah, cool, I'll do it because the reality is- and the reason that these people can do it is because there's always going to be someone who will take that shit money to do the job. And that just undercuts yeah. the entire industry, no matter what the industry is. It undercuts everybody. It undercuts everybody. And now modeling agents are like losing out. You know, they're begging us not to self-submit on these jobs, but everyone's broken LA. So everyone has to do it. I mean, I get all sides, but it's just, it's just this crazy ass triangle. That's like, mm -hmm. it's just hurt the business. Cause I was getting paid as a model. I, oh my God, I booked everything and I was working and just the money was there. Like, even if it was for Levi's or whatever, it was like the money was there. Now it's like, I see the rates on these things. That's why I turned to the photography because I won't do shit jobs. Like I yeah. will not take, I'm like, Levi's willing to pay me 300 bucks after taxes. And after the, my modeling agency gets 20% of that, what do I get? A hundred bucks? Like, yeah. it's so not it's worth not it. Not even and minimum wage. No. And they make you sign, you know, your life away. So it's like in perpetuity worldwide broadcast. It's like, uh, so they can use that image for the rest of my life for, for the hundred bucks I got. Like they don't understand models and people out here don't understand if you turn those things down, well, you'll get more demand, but it's just, it's just never going to be like that. It's just, it's kind of turned into this thing. And I've seen it through the 22 years I've been in the business. Like 
it go a certain way. And I'm just like, wow, it's really, it's really crazy. And it goes back to the digital age and it goes back to social media because clients now have so much demand for content that they can't afford to pay people because the amount of content that they need to be Mm. pushing out because our brains and our attention spans are only like six seconds long. And I even see that with myself when I go to watch a movie and I'm not totally like settled and focused in that I just, I can't pay attention to it. Like I have to really, really (laughs) want to. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm that person. No. <laughs> I mean, I do that too. You got to capture me. I mean, I get it. It's like, well, what are you in the mood for? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I still work with my agencies and I try not to do the self-submitting thing and I try not to go, okay, I'm not going to take a job for under like, you know, a thousand or whatever it is. But obviously if you got to pay your bills, you got to pay your bills. Yeah. It's like, I, I get all the sides. It's just really hard. Yeah. It's hard to find the balance between wanting to support yourself, wanting to support your industry, wanting to keep the standards and the levels at a certain place versus taking really bad jobs and perpetuating that cycle. It's like, it's a really tough balance as a freelancer to know what your boundaries are and to be able to stick to those boundaries. I think those are two really, really big things as freelancers to, to figure out. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta have all that down. I mean, let's take a turn in the whole union thing. Oh boy. I mean, just the commercial world going to non-union work. So I've been not been able to obviously take any of those jobs or castings even. And I have a friend who I'm trying to get on here, um, Yasmin, who works for Jane Doe Casting. And she said that, you know, also on her end, she's getting these low ball rates. And then they're like, find us this amazing talent. Yeah. And then they're like, this is all you got. She's like, well, you're trying to find non-union talent. Like the union talent is like why they're in the union. They're good. They work. So I've been asked multiple times to go FICOR. And if people don't know what that is, that's basically turning in my SAG card and being a non-member, but still paying my dues. So I can't do any, I can't like vote for the SAG awards. I wouldn't be able to do any of their amazing programs that they have or go to their screenings or lights. It's this whole thing. So none they of the look, benefits in other words. <laughs> yeah. They look very down on it. They're just like, we don't think very highly of it, but at the same time, I'd be able to do both union and non-union work and I would get the benefits, um, the, my medical benefits and all that when I do the union work. So I'm like, well, I don't see the downfall. I mean, there's a lot of people doing it, but it also weakens our union. Mm -hmm. So, um, that guy Killian who runs the commercial world over there, he's trying to like get everything back in the, the union field, which I feel like we need to fight for. I mean, we've had group meetings and things about that. We've had striking actually on some things, which has been really cool. I feel like people are listening, but there's a lot of actors who have their own brands. Like think about honest with Jessica Alba and Fabletics with Kate Hudson, they were both doing non-union commercials for their products and the union had to call them out. And then they're like, oh, we didn't know. It's like, ugh. Yeah, you did. Because you the reality totally is did, man. doing union jobs cost more money. It's more on just on every level of each individual person. It's a lot more money. And so the reason that you're seeing non-union work for crew and for talent is because we just can't afford it. Yeah. And that's just the plain truth. Even when you see jobs and now it's, it's changing because of AB5 and the new laws in California. But when you're seeing invoiced or 1099 job versus a W to payroll job, it's because we can't afford the payroll. It's because we can't afford somebody's day rate plus another 30%. And the reality is, at least for crew and and for for SAG talent as well, if a production goes union, that means that each individual is going to make more money so that we can pay the union. So it's it's really difficult because for me, I'm like, I want to support unions. I, I do support unions. I don't think that crew unions do enough for their people. I think they should be doing a lot more, but that's another story. But the reality is, 
I have a choice to either pay the union or pay the actual labor more money. And as a human being, I would always rather pay the people more money than the union more money. But it all just kind of perpetuates the problem because even still, if I'm paying the union, it still means that I get shittier talent. So it's just like, nobody wins here. Nobody is going to win here. We just all need to like, I don't know what we need to do. But I mean, I'm always trying to fight for my money to go to my crew. I'm always fighting for the people the actual human beings who are yep, on set the with actors, me. The people, yeah, the crew. I want them to make the money. I want to support my vendors and my businesses as well, but I would much rather see the money go to my swing who's only making like 350 a day than a company who's getting camera and I'm giving them $20,000 a day. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just yeah, I, I it's hard. It's really hard to to know what the right thing is to do and how to make our business better, not let it decline. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a struggle and that's, yeah, I think it will be for a long time. Actually, they're trying to still figure all that stuff out. I'm hoping it comes back around, but who knows if I'll still be in that, that world at that time. And who knows what's going to happen after this as well. I mean, we don't know what sets are going to look like. We don't know what safety measures are going to be. We don't know what additional crew we're going to need in terms of perhaps medical staff, not medical staff, but like set medics and I, I don't know who knows or I don't know it's just so hard to tell what what it's going to look like on the other end of this because I don't know <laughs> is it gonna yeah be I mean productions are or? shut <laughs> productions are shut down for a long time I don't think oh, they're yeah. going to be coming up till um, probably July I mean yeah. I just put something on tape as an, uh, an actor on audition for Stranger Things and that shoots in Atlanta but like travel and that mm-hmm. production's probably done till summer end of summer so yeah I don't know. It's like all per- anything that's, you know, work related is just being put on hold for everybody. But I hear that you have 12 months to pay back your landlords if for missed rent, which is really cool. That is really cool. But if you think about it, most people, especially in LA, are pretty much living paycheck to paycheck. So I know- Catching up on that. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be- if I, if I stopped paying my rent and then- I didn't work again until June or July or even August. And then I had to pay my rent plus make up all of the back rent. I wouldn't be able to do that. There's no way in the world I would be able to do that. I'm going to have to figure something else out because I don't even like it's great that the option is there, but I don't and I do well. I don't live paycheck to paycheck always. Sometimes I do, but you know, freelancing. So I can't imagine people that are already in a steady or were in a steady salary situation trying to make up that money. I mean, it's possible, I guess, but it's, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? What is September going to be? My God. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Some I have friends that their rent's like $2,300. Yeah. That's like, wild. can you imagine? My, mine's not that expensive, but like having to do that, I can't, that's... I don't know how that she's, you know, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay back my rent. And she's also an actor, but in the hospitality field. So So what are the tips? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are, I call them slashies, but you know, actor slash this, you know, but most of them are in the hospitality field and people aren't going to have money to go out. So even when they go back to work, the restaurants will probably be a little bit more slower. People think the opposite. I don't think that. I mean, I, I do think that people are going to go out in droves because we're all starving for it. But in saying that, you're right. What money? With what money are we going to be spending? So it'll be really interesting to see how we recover from this, how long it takes and how long we recover. Obviously, we're very resilient. All of us are, not only in the entertainment industry, but humans in general are just very resilient and we will all figure out a way and everything will come back to a new normal. But that's just it. It's going to be a new normal. And what is that new normal going to look like? Yeah, it's I'm. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see that. I mean, hopefully it happens at some point soon. And 
you know, oh, wow, I just, it's almost like a, a huge house is just crumbling down. And, you know, there's so many other parts that are happening that I'm not even thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like people that the restaurants that, that own the restaurants that can't afford it, are they going to close their doors? Like, ugh. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of businesses will. There, I just got an email from, have you ever heard of The Wing? No. It's, Wait, is that like the... It's a female co-working space. Oh, mm-mm. And it's Never only women it. that are allowed there or people that identify as women. And they are closing their doors indefinitely. Eventually, they're going to try to get their spaces, but they're closing down all their spaces. They're getting out of their leases. and. Oh, man. Yeah. it's. But we're going to start seeing that. I think come mid-April, we're going to see a lot of businesses making those types of announcements because they just have to do what they have to do. And hopefully they can furlough or pay their employees for as long as they can or or insurance or whatever. But we're going to start to see the impact, I would say, around the end of this month is when we're really going to start to see how this is impacting everybody sooner yeah. than that for other people but yeah it's it's gonna start rolling in I mean $1,200 is what we're all supposed to get right I mean that's a great idea but that probably won't be a drop in the barrel to some people that have these businesses no. I mean my like I was telling you before my friend Katie who has that gallery she hosts classes in it and sells a lot of work in there and she obviously has to you know give her 30-day notice now because she has no money to pay that and it's like you know three grand a month to keep open Oof. can you imagine falling behind in that like she just can't afford that so now she's having to do the same thing mm-hmm. yeah I mean we're Shut all the doors. shift but you know theaters are doing stuff online now and mm-hmm. classes are all shifting to online we're just in this phase of everybody still figuring out how do we keep normalcy and keep things going and still serve our communities and keep our employees on and how do we still run a business when we can't physically be together and a lot of people are figuring it out but it's just when it is those physical businesses like a film set like a restaurant like I mean and again restaurants are doing delivery so that's an option Mm -hmm. film sets are trying to figure out different things they can shoot theaters are doing zoom theater (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) yeah it's and again I think it's just a testament to the resilience and the malleability of humans when we really need to shift and adapt yeah we're all just you know we're in it together so we're all helping each other out Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's been um every yeah everyone's just everyone's just in the same boat man so we all feel each other's pain in some way or another so we're all suffering together and we're all trying to like help each other out if i mean if i had the money i'd be donating and buying my friend's artwork and doing everything that i could yeah and you know we just have to find ways to support each other in other ways. And and it's been really fun seeing everybody get like weird and creative, the mm-hmm. people that don't generally have a creative outlet. I feel like the people who have creative outlets, I'm just kind of seeing the same that they were doing before, but maybe a little bit more. But it's cool seeing the people who don't get to play with their creativity, getting to really explore that because that's not something we ever have time to do or they ever have right. time to do. So that's pretty cool. I think so too. I, I love seeing all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been a lot of fun checking out online. I mean, that's what I do right in the morning. It's like I wake up and going, what, what's happening now with the news? But then I check everyone's feed out and everyone's just so actively doing something cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually downloaded TikTok the other day. I finally <laughs> broke down and I did it. And it's like, this stuff is hilarious. It's mostly dumb, but like, then it's, there are some things on there that are just so funny. And it's like, man, we're such weirdos. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's super talented and weird in their own ways. And yeah, it's in inter- my, my my, my nieces are on there, so it's entertaining watching their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that you 
are in a really interesting position because you've been staying with your boyfriend, but you're not like locked into it like a lot of people are. <laughs> How has that been? Having It's kind of like you have the best of both worlds. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I can go home whenever I feel like it. It's like literally just down the street on Sunset. So it's like 10 minutes apart. But um, yeah, I mean, he's got a nice big backyard. So I'm in nature, you know, it's, there's beautiful back there and there's the jacuzzi. And then he put like a spin bike set up in the living room. So I take that down and do that every day. And I watch the movies and we're hanging out. Like I'm fortunate to have him during this time and to be able to be as creative as I could. So I'm like, up, you know, revamping my website, editing photos that I didn't know that I had pulling out all this stuff. I'm like, Hey dude, this is like five years ago. This looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Been, um, I've been making the most out of the time. I mean, it's it's been nice being over here, though, having more space because my place is a lot smaller than this. So I'm like, wow, if I was stuck at home alone this whole time, like what would I be doing? And obviously my parents, I'm from here, so my parents live close by and they're, they got a nice place too. So I, I've been going over there. But yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm doing better than most. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have children running around. I'm not pregnant. Like I'm not sick. I'm not, you know, there's so many things that I could be having to deal with right now being stuck like this. I mean, my brother's got three kids and his older son is supposed to be graduating this year. So yeah, think about all the, mm-hmm. oh, all the stuff we're missing out on. My nephew is supposed to be graduating college and my niece is supposed to be graduating high school. Oh no. So yeah. the spring break and like the dance and all that stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Like I feel like they're going back to school in the summer and this is their summer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, except they're all still in class. Or they yeah, like turn your, yeah, I don't even know what they're doing yeah. with my brother's school, but it's, it's crazy. I'm just, I don't know. I think about all the things that people are like, you know, I have friends that have kids and, you know, they're telling me their woes about what's happening in this moment with them. And I'm just, I guess I feel a little bit more fortunate. I mean, I'm surprised I'm not freaking out about the whole financial thing, but at this point, I think my skin has been rubbed raw from this being in this business and what I've been doing. So I'm kind of like prepared, if that makes sense. I have like an armor that I feel like going into this. I'm like, I'm actually cool. Like I'm ready. I mean, I'm not happy with all this death. And it's like one day you, you know, every day you wake up, you're like, God, how many people have died? And is there any younger people that have dead? And Mm, what's happening is, yeah, yeah, is the virus going to mutate? Like, you know, obviously I've seen all the movies, so you know, (laughs) it could possibly happen. I'm thinking the worst, but it's, I feel like I'm fortunate to have the two places to go to. So I'm, I'm, it's nice. Yeah, that is really nice. I'm doing all right. Are you doing okay? How about you? I'm good. (laughs) Your family's in Florida. Uh, no, they're in New York. Oh, they're in, oh, that's yeah, right. I have friends, right. I have friends in Florida, but my right. whole family's in New York. I do wish that there was some sort of outdoor something. We do have a beautiful courtyard, so that's mm. really nice. We Three have lemons. Neighbor- yeah, I have, I have some lemons, but I'm like, Ooh, do I want to eat this lemon? I don't know, but not <laughs> if I'm taking it from the tree, nobody can actually touch that up there. So I'm not yeah, super worried about that. Rosie's been going a little nutty because we can't really play with other dogs. So over the Uh-oh. weekend, I asked our other neighbor if he wanted to have the dogs play in the courtyard. So we did that on Saturday, which was really nice. Nice Brody. Yeah. Little Brody. So little Brody, Brody and Rosie were running around on Saturday, which was nice, but it's just like, I mean, I'm fine. Cause again, I'm used to this as well well this is definitely the longest time I worked out so I've been in physical distancing or physical isolation or whatever for over 21 days now so I'm like wow it's been like over 20 days since I touched another human that's fucking weird crazy and thank god I have Rosie because I still do experience touch and she's super cuddly as you know Um, (laughs) so that's something that I was thinking about this morning just wow it's been over three weeks since I've touched another human being but I didn't really notice it 
because I have Rosie and she's so loving and we touch and and we have cuddles and all these things, but there are so many people that don't even have have that yeah that can't experience touch right now so my heart goes to them because the human connection man it's stronger it's just strong yeah and I did have a I had a rough day yesterday not a rough day but it was like the first day that I felt meh like I was agitated and I just didn't feel great to be fair I did have pizza the night before and I don't eat gluten or dairy so like I know (laughs) it impacted my mood but I really wanted it for a long time and I, it was like finally time to have it. And I was like, fuck it. Now's the time after like months of waiting. Yeah. I always got to like time it for when I really, really want it and make it worth it. So like it was worth it. But it was the first day that I was just like, oh, that's how, that's just how I felt for hours. It was just like, oh, so I talked to a friend for an hour and a half and then I had an interview and a, she's a friend of mine, too. So we wound up talking for like two and a half hours. I only recorded like an hour and a half of it, but the recording didn't record so we have to do it again yeah which you know it was really interesting because there was a part of me that's like you don't feel great you shouldn't do the record but then I was like no but that's not the honest truth and this above all else is about honesty of where we're at and our journeys and whatever just being honest about the bad shit so I was like this is definitely like I should be recording today and and it helps to talk to somebody so like you know you got that too totally and it was a great conversation it it would have been a great episode but uh (laughs) we're just gonna have to redo it but it's just it was funny how it worked out that way that like oh and then here was a technological difference to not record it how weird is that but the important thing is that I showed up and I had that connection and I I had a great great conversation and then I had another call with other friends so like it was a mad day but then it just so happened to be that I spent probably I don't know maybe like four or five hours talking to people which that wouldn't happen on a normal day if I was feeling like shit so you know benefits That's what I think you get to catch up with friends and family. And that's what I've been doing. Call and talk to everybody, see what everyone's doing. I'm on a couple of chain, you know, text threads with a bunch of people. Like it's just, it's the time where you can use it in your favor to become closer and more connected with the people around you because there's no distractions. Yeah. And I've always said that for me, social media is a way to connect with people. I'm that person that replies on stories and I comment and I I am pretty active because I see it as actual connection and I really am having real conversations with people as much as I can. And I do sometimes feel like, oh man, I'm that girl that always says something on stories and whatnot. And then I'm like, no, that's the whole point of this thing. Yeah. The whole point of all of these Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it's all to connect us. But unfortunately, people don't always use it that way but it's nice to see that I think now for where we're at people are shifting into hopefully using it more for actual connection and to really stay in touch versus comparison and all the negative shit that comes along with those things yeah totally agree speaking (laughs) of the social medias where can people find you Yes. Oh my God. I have so many because I do so many things, but um, I am Holly Lynch on Instagram and you can also find me at Holly Lynch photo on Instagram as well. And if you want to see my cool, like I do a lot of neon photo shoots. That's another thing. Like if you know, when I'm bored or want to do something creative, I Google how to do something or like a certain style of photography and I learn how to do it. So I, I've been doing these cool neon photo shoots um, and that's called become color. Yeah. So you can find me all over there. Thank you. And obviously Holly Lynch 
photo.com is my website. And that'll and yeah. all be on the show notes as well too. So people can definitely cool. get in touch with you. And those, ne- I love that neon project. That's been super cool. Oh man. I thought that would just be a couple, just shoot a couple models, but it's turned into this whole like little side business for me. I've been making a lot of money doing that and I'm running a sale right now because of what's happening only for $75. Boom, there so you I've go. got a, yeah, I got a lot of people like l- latching onto that. Those are so much fun. And the best part I really like about these conceptual shoots, I do like a lot of bath shoots as well, is that you don't have to be in the business or be an actor or model. Like anyone can do it. So I have a lot of people that are like, oh my God, I've never done anything like this. Never taken my photo before. It's like you look in a magazine and you wish it can be you. Well, I kind of give them that experience, which is super cool. I think that sets me apart from other photographers. Yeah. And the way that our apartments are is that we basically look right into each other's apartments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, thank God it's you and not some creep. But you know, when you have your shoots, then your door is open or the the screen door and you're like half on the patio, half in your apartment. Yeah. And it's always just so much fun. I always hear you guys having so much fun and I'll have my door open sometimes and I'm just jamming to your music because it's on. <laughs> so I'm partying with you guys when you're shooting in there. <laughs> yeah. Come on over, man. It's, it's always a good, I, I just love doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's been cool. It's been, um, sometimes obviously you get a little bored of it. You know, you want to, I want to do with the acting thing. Like I want to be involved in everything equally, but, um, I just like being, doing something creative. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're next. Your headshots are next. I huh? know. I'm excited. We're going to do Woo-hoo. them like as soon as we can really see each other again and I can get makeup done. <laughs> yes. Before like six, I mean, by the way, I'm loving the no makeup thing that's been happening. Yeah. It's been so great. And that goes back to the, the shoots that you were doing where people are just yes. like embracing it. And I mean, I still host my wham bam improv jam but I do it virtually and I have not been putting on makeup for that I'm like I don't care you're like screw it I mean I don't even I don't care (laughs) yeah I feel like I've been wearing literally yoga pants and a onesie the whole time and no makeup it's been amazing my skin and my hair like everything feels great it's like taking a break yeah it's so true I put on jeans yesterday and it was like maybe that's also what made me agitated (laughs) (laughs) like I'm getting ready to go nowhere right like (laughs) oh god jeans who even wears these uh yeah but they kind of sucked but anyway thank you so much for coming on this was such a great conversation yes, thank you for having me yeah it's it's always nice to have my friends on <laughs> yay well we'll have to have wine in person at some point maybe we can have like one of those um across the hall dates yeah we could like do on our balconies. The balconies yes <laughs> oh it's a date i love that cool <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Head on over to theunpluggedcreative.com to check out the show notes and link up with each week's creative. If you're digging this show, I would totally love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes. That's going to help people learn about this show and probably help other creatives say yes to doing it who don't actually know me yet. Special thanks to James Granger for his original music. Keep on that creative path of yours. You never know where it might lead.